Little Saint C.S. Lewis lives again, wise and witty, loving and penetrating, an experienced guide into the human and divine mysteries of love. What better bequest could a man leave the world? Here in the living voice is word of that ultimate love that moves the sun and the other stars, the love that sang the universe into existence. Whether you're just discovering Lewis or have been a long-time reader, we're pleased to offer you the Four Loves Teaching Series. It comes with a heartfelt prayer that all who participate will be led to a deeper understanding of our love for each other and of God's love for us. As we prepare to begin session one, I'd like to share a bit of C.S. Lewis trivia. It's documented that Lewis's dear friend, J.R.R. Tolkien, author of Lord of the Rings, once chided him for writing so many theological books. I wish I didn't have to, replied Lewis, but until the ordained clergy begin to communicate with ordinary people in the vernacular in a way they can understand, then I'm going to have to do it. Well, as you will hear, Lewis's talent for communicating truth to the masses shines brightly through this series. Listen for his in-depth yet common-sense explanations, for his helpful images, and for his personal experiences. Because love is an often misunderstood and overused word, Lewis has established this discourse on the Greek language. Unlike English, it's much more precise in its use of words. The first session begins with the most humble and widespread of the four loves. In the Greek, it's called storge, and is defined as affection, especially of parents to children. It's believed that whatever tangible and consistent happiness we find in our lives can be explained by affection. It seeps through the whole texture of our lives, and according to Lewis, it's the base for the other loves. But it's not all positive and polite in this study of affection. Lewis is not shy in reviewing the questions of jealousy, possessiveness, and plain old bad manners in the arena of love. These perversions of affection, as Lewis describes them, sneak in when we least expect them, but they deserve our corrective attention. It's noteworthy that C.S. Lewis constantly explores the virtues and dangers of affection in his fiction. For example, in his story, The Great Divorce, the ghost of a mother desires to possess her son even after death. And in the novel Till We Have Faces, the deep affection that one character feels for her sister turns into a destructive jealousy that cannot be distinguished from love. And now as you begin to listen to these recordings, read the scriptures, study the workbook, and participate in the discussions. My prayer is that you'll be both challenged and encouraged. And remember the words of Jesus found in the book of Matthew. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. God bless you as you embark on this exciting exploration of the nature of love. In Greek, they have four words for love. Storge, S-T-O-R-G-E, means affection, the sort of love that ought to be between their relations. Philia, P-H-I-L-I-A, means friendship. Eros, E-R-O-S, is of course the love between the sexes. And agape, A-G-A-P-E, is love in the Christian sense, God's love for man and the Christian's love for the brethren. I want to talk about all four, and I'll begin with storge or affection. Almost anyone, it seems, can be loved with storge. The ugly, the stupid, even the exasperating can be its objects. There need be no apparent fitness between those whom it unites. 
It ignores even the barriers between species. We see it not only between dog and man, but more surprisingly between dog and cat. What's common to all the objects of Storgi is that they are familiar. We can often identify the very day and hour when a friendship began or when we fell in love. But we never catch Storgi at the moment of its beginning. To become aware of it is to become aware that it's already been going on for some time. In our Storgi, we're rather like the dogs, who wag their tails at familiar people even if they've never done them any kindness, and bark at strangers even if they've never done them any harm. This apparently indiscriminate character in Storgi and its dependence on familiarity point to its animal and biological origins. Let me say at once, for this will often come across us in the following talks, that I don't mean the word animal to be derogatory. Nothing in man is either...